I'm in the kitchen, you in the kitchen. You ain't cooking up. We cooking up, chopping up. D King. Lay down. Traps out, raps out, Don and the King. Gonna do it. We gonna do it. Chopping up. Peace, peace, peace. And welcome back to Chopping It Up with the Conduit Season 3, Episode 9. And today's special guest is fashion icon, game changer, and cultural creator, April Walker. But first, I would like to thank my tribe. I would like to thank my executive producer, Mika Sunga. You're the best. Graphics and promo visuals, Mad Urgency Myron. And on video, Adam7x, a.k.a. Mecha Godzilla. A huge thank you to our family of sponsors, Grown Fresh NYC. Y'all see the cloth today. It's type hard trying to survive in New York State. You know, just hit up his Instagram, his website. He's got all types of special cloth. Along with our other sponsors, Street Fatigues, So What's the Scenario, and House of Customs MD. And that's with a K. You can find them on our website at choppingituppodcast.com. Um, if you already know, you know, we're on all streaming platforms. We're also on podcasts on Vivo. We are currently at uh, 1,900 plus subscribers. So we're continually growing and we're getting the viewership. Uh, continue to share and tell your friends, you know, what we got going on out here. We're on Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud, and Audio Mac. And um, right now I'm just waiting for the queen... And the icon has already joined the building. Please say peace. Everybody say hello and peace to the queen, April Walker. <laughs> peace, queen. How are you? I'm doing well. Long time. Long time. Long yeah. time. So uh, without further ado, if it's okay, I'd like to give you an introduction. Hip-hop royalty in its finest form, or should I say its rarest form, a trailblazer in a true original. The first woman to open a clothing boutique and start a streetwear brand during the story golden era of hip hop. The first woman to dominate urban menswear. Walkerwear was donned by legends from B.I.G. to Tupac, Run DMC, Method Man, and the great Mike Tyson, plus many, many more. Um, without further ado, please all hail the queen, fashion icon, game changer, cultural creator, my dear friend, the Queen, April Walker. So good to be with you. Thank you for that very gracious um, opening. You know, when I hear it sometimes, I'm like, wow, all that really happened. You know, it's, it's a trip, but I'm thankful, like I said. Well, I, I was, you know, definitely been a you know, witness since being, a, you know, falling in love with this culture of hip hop and you definitely have been a mainstay and since the, you know, the relaunch of Walkerware, you know, I'm thankful to my brother Jay Slayer for putting me on, you know what I'm saying? He's the one who put me back in, in motion with you. So it's just an honor and a pleasure. Today. Yeah, definitely. It's an honor and a pleasure to, you know, have you on this Sunday and um, I'm ready to chop it up with you. So if you don't mind, I'm go ahead and start. Let's get into it. All right, let's go. As a Brooklyn native, can you explain what the vibe was like during the time period as a teenager growing up in NYC? What period? Growing up? You mean? Yeah, growing up. Like, let's start out in your teens. Okay. 
so the teens was a very interesting time for me because I was super rebellious. Mm. And I think there was a lot going on in my family life. And at the same time, it was a time when we'd come out of, it was post-Vietnam, you know, it was like that next decade. Yes. But we were getting ready to go into the crack era and it was Reaganomics because crack hit the streets in the 80s, right? Right, so, yeah. Let's be clear. Um, mm -hmm. It was it was hitting, but at, at the same time, there were a lot of different things going on, and the energy of New York City was electric. Yeah. Yes. So it was like the club scene from, you know, Studio Fifty Four to Funhouse to Limelight mm -hmm. to you know, um, Roxy's. Yes. To, so like all of these places, Empire, Roller Skating Rink, like these were all stomping grounds and places, Bentleys and um, The Fever. And, you know, hip hop was like, for me, I remember I was listening to it from the times of like Super Sperm. Sperm, yeah. You know, down to Grandmaster Flash in the park and just dancing funky four plus one more. I love the groups like there are so many people I can remember as imprints coming up in hip hop in spots, you know, in New mm. York, Coney Island. Right. But it was like the New York City playgrounds. We used to go out to hear the music or the school gyms where we mm. would go to hear uh, DJs and turntables and like, you know, all freak out. She yes. can you know, like that yes. was this like fusion of that going on with hip-hop rising so it was it was that and then it was like you could just see all kinds of people in new york meshing together from downtown lower east side to um graffiti dancers to airbrushers to you know hustlers to like whatever yeah. it was just a culture that was brewing and breeding and then you had disruptors like public enemy that came in like you know, don't believe the hype and, yeah. you know, just setting it off unapologetically, right. becoming a voice for the unheard and people like us in the hoods that weren't seeing our stories on the news and what was happening. And it just felt like no one cared. Right. But then you right. had, you had them showing us like, nah, it's, it's in, and, and they disrupted because they, they crossed over and then it just, caught a fire and then you know i was all in you know yes. that but that just you know solidified like yes so okay it was, that it was, it was, time. okay all right so um, from from what i understand you know you already had an entrepreneur you know entrepreneurial spirit at such a young age can you tell us how and why you started to you know teach gymnastics no so i was a gymnast i was always uh doing something athletic my father had us in everything from dance classes my mom and my dad had us yeah. in everything from dance classes to modern to ballet i took um i was in track you know i ran long distance and um and and gym like all kinds of stuff but gymnastics stuck with me okay. and it was something that i really enjoyed a lot so there was a ywca downtown on third off of atlantic in brooklyn mm -hmm. and um there was also um uh uh all black gymnastics squad that was in newark oh, okay. and it, 
really dope. And Tumi's daughter was on the team. Like oh, it wow. was, it was dope. Like they were really good. So we used to actually hike out there. Me and my one of my best friends, Gidget, we would go out there on the train, take the train, and go flip with them. It was called Flip City. And um, we would do that. And and anyway, like yeah, I just fell in love with it. And so I like I, I used to compete and everything and just really enjoyed it i think that gave me um a lot of my fluidity and flexibility and it stayed with me to this day so i'm thankful you know but yeah, that's no, how you, you're in the park in the morning all the time yeah and that's how i started teaching it because i had to figure out how to make money because um my parents didn't really have a lot of money so it was it was like all right figure it out early and gymnastics was something easy um my parents were affiliated and worked at a daycare center at one point. So then I got in working at the daycare center with the kids. And I used okay. to, I talked to Cadman's church and was able to use their basement to teach kids how to do gymnastics. I was charging $5 each, you know, and it was at that time, $5 was like 50 to me at, at that age you know well at that time five dollars was a lot because i can remember uh snicker bars being 50 cents right you so know what i'm saying yeah so i mean with that you know being said and, and you said earlier you know about having that you know that hustler spirit in you was it around the same time you were selling t-shirts too so i said so i was younger like i sold t-shirts in the isolated incident because my father knew the bicentennial was coming i was 10 years old and he was like come on and we drew a sailboat he always had me do something but we drew a sailboat and the, did the artwork and we went to pearl paints pearl paint mm -hmm. was you know on canal street for those that don't know it was like the spot the art spot in new york city it was legendary and so he took me there to open my eyes to that artist community but also we actually had a screen made, a silk screen. Right. And then so, we went back to the house and stayed up all night. He bought all these teas wholesale. And we went and we squeegeed and oh, took the, the ink and printed them. Yeah. Old school with the hands. And we went out there the next day to the to the bicentennial on the water and we sold all of them. And he was like, you see this, you know? Mm did that so those were the kind of little seeds plan i was 10 then i remember that so dad so they in other words they planted the seeds early he was dropping those kind of gems early okay all right that's what's up all right I didn't know I was gonna art, art then i mean i didn't know i was going to be a designer then but looking back on it i think about those things now yeah that's that's what i was about to say so you know coming up in that era you know, we didn't have much to look up to, meaning examples of people of hue, if you know what I'm getting. I don't like to say people of color. I like to say people of hue, you know, in strong positions of power, you know, maybe other than our parents, unless they were coming from, let's say, the negative opposition, say the hustlers, so to speak. Who did you look up to in that time frame and who was it that sparked you? Hmm. I looked up to Josie. Josie was gymnastics, my gymnastics coach. Okay. Um she was really dope. 
she didn't fit like what I saw on TV. The gymnast looked like she was built. Mm. Like we used to work out to Commodore's Brick House and yes, Wind and Fire, and those were our like um, exhibitions when we went on and competed. We would be the outcast competing like to ain't no stopping us now and stuff right. like that. Dozy was really dope to push the envelope and just like celebrate who we were. And then she was just not like what you would see a gymnast built like at that time. You know what right. I mean? But she could, she could, she was nice. So, and she took no shorts. So she was one person that like really, really, I remember being impressed with and um, trying to think. I had, I had different people along the way that definitely made impressions on me at one point or another my mom she just was very organized and very structured she gave me the stability in terms mm. of she so we went to like catholic school we went to um bishop lachlan shout out to bishop lachlan okay, but okay. that gave me the structure i needed because i went to brooklyn tech first but the technical stuff wasn't for me so she got me a lachlan and they straightened me out i needed straightening <laughs> out Okay. Um, you, you did say you, you were know, rebellious. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, but I think when I got to be in college, by that time, I was really kind of mesmerized by um, knowing I didn't want to work for someone else. And I think dad was on his own. So he was, he definitely, like watching him, definitely now I know, like that was the first time. That's where it came from. So, like, okay, I'm not going to work for someone else. And then um, you know, I don't know if I had like a person that I would say I looked up to because it was everybody in fight or flight mode, to be honest, at that okay. time. Like, in, in, not everybody, but around me. I had a, no, I, I can say I had a tribe. Uhuru Sasa. I went to Uhuru Sasa and places that were very strong. So I was around a lot of very strong individuals amazing individuals like yeah. so that that's where i got it a little bit from everywhere where i didn't want to disappoint my great grandmother if i had to say something she would be the one i would say jacqueline lightfoot she probably was the one i would look up to like she was just this um as they would say she was definitely a light but she was also an amazing superwoman and i used to be in awe of her she wake up at four in the morning um straighten out the day like it was nothing like she literally would go she was from the country so she could go cut off a chicken's head have it ready yeah, for dinner like that was you know at blueberry yeah. pie and everything at dinner like all right the adults at this table the kids at this table and then like at seven everything was just all ice and i used to be like how you know what i mean but that was just her she was just very strong and she always doted on us and made everyone feel safe and ha have space. And um, she was just an amazing woman that worked her ass off, to be honest, but paid for everything she had in cash. She didn't mm. in credit. She owned her home, her cars, and was fly. You know what I mean? So right. but she was someone I would say was a strong woman that I would be like. So you have more than a couple of blueprints. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, let's fast forward to the year of 87. And you started fashion in effect. 
Right. Take us, yes, take us through that process because if I'm correct, you started that at the age of 21, right? Right. Most 21s, you, you know, yours don't have that, don't have a clue of, you know, what they literally want to do. They, they sometimes more so decide after they get out of school. Um, right. what, what were the key moments that eventually, you know, led from fashion in effect to walk aware? I had an epiphany. I, mm. I was, I was, I was, so I loved hanging out. And one night I was at the Apollo, amateur night at the Apollo. Okay. And I was with my girls and after they were like, let's go visit, you know, um, Dap, Dapper Dan. Yeah, for Dapper those, Dan. You know, and he had like this 24-7 Willy Wonka dope, dope um, fashion house, you know. And I wanted to go see what he was doing. And when I walked in, it was just like I'd been hustling everything from pots and pans to gymnastics classes. So right. I knew what that was. And, and it just was like, oh, I get it. And the culture was really like elevating in the 80s, you know, yeah. it was like coming commercialized. We were hearing ourselves on the radio. Fresh Fest was going on at Madison Square Garden. And like, so we knew like, if you were into roller skating, you knew like, it was a culture culture already, you know, um, from from breakdancing to graffiti to now making money as a the spirit of entrepreneurship really kicked in in the 80s. So when I walked in, I was just like, oh, OK, like we didn't have anything like that that I knew of at that time in Brooklyn. When I started, I found out there was another guy. I started fashion in effect because I came back right away and just made a homemade cutting table in my crib and hired a few people. We didn't know what we were doing, but we were working from inside out and believing in hip hop. So we just started getting busy. Me, my you were sister, letting the energy guide you. That energy was guiding us. And that's all, all right. it was. You know, we didn't really have a blueprint, but we didn't need one because it was like um, just believing what we felt. And so we were just creating that. But you were like right in the mix of it too. You know, you were in, you know, the, the mecca, the heart of it. You know what I'm saying? So I can only yeah, imagine the energy different. being that crazy. Yeah. It was a lot to express at that time too, right? And so that was our way of getting it out. And the music was there, but it wasn't a lot of, there weren't options for us in the stores for fashion. Right. You could, at that time, God bless, uh, Miguel Navarro, he is not with us anymore, but he was an amazing designer and he was out of um, New York City in Brooklyn. He lived in Flatbush. We were cool. He was also an amazing party promoter. And he was the first kid I knew that danced that went to Japan. So me and him were tight. He was making clothes for a lot of people I knew. And then Carl Kanai was making, he had a shop like mine, but it was in Flatbush. And so it was like the three of us, you know, that I knew of. And then uptown, it was Dapper Dan, there was um, Bell. Um, there were a few cats, but nobody was really out there, like in the stores or anything, you know? Right. So that that takes me to this, because, you know, you're basically talking about building a brand. And in that era, we didn't have the internet, you know? <laughs> um, you know, it was more. It was more so a lot of you know elitism, and you had to rely on your credibility or word of mouth. Correct? Yeah, absolutely. That was our internet, the word of mouth. Like, go see so and so. You know, um, 
I, I saw something not too, it was a while ago, but uh, Positive K, shout out to Positive K. I was, yeah, peace to the God. I was listening to him and he said, and I never knew this, he said that he was in D.C. or, or Maryland and he ran into Jay, Jay-Z. Mm -hmm. This is Jay-Z, Jay-Z that we know now. But he, but I, I, at that time, my father had worked with him in jazz, jazzo. Jazzo. And, mm -hmm. I, we knew him as jazz back then, but jazzo now. So, Yo, that's crazy. You know, so he, um, he told him, "Yo, you doing a video?" He was doing a video, and he was like, "You need to go see this girl, April, out of Brooklyn, um, and she's really dope, and she could hook you up and make you some clothes." And I made the outfit for him in the video, but I never knew that's how he found out about me till this oh, podcast, wow. like in the last few years. So it's just funny how things are full circle. But that's to your point. I bring it up to say it was all word of mouth. Somebody told somebody told somebody. And that was like, you trust your friend way more than you trust a billboard. Facts. So that was everything for us. That was our street cred, you know, and we just let the product lead. We just made sure that we made dope product and it was from our hearts. Well, the dope product and the ideas that came from your hearts were done by legends in the culture from B.I.G. to Tupac, LL Cool J, you know, NBA champion and Hall of Famer Shaq, you know, run DMC, naughty by nature. But the one person I want to speak about is, you know, the great Iron Mike Tyson. And I know you said around that time, you were kind of in and out of, so to speak, about walkerware because of everything you were experiencing in the industry. But how did that opportunity present itself? Did you know um, how it would impact the world you know for him coming into the ring wearing your brand because literally all over the world people were ready to see iron mike tyson but what was on his chest was you know walker wear that's what people seeing him coming down the ring like can you take me through that time sure um i'm gonna go through that time and i just want to say when we talk about energy and what led me up until that time yeah i'd be remiss if i didn't talk about teamwork okay because um i had a dream team and a lot of really really dope people that worked with me right and never ever like connect so many dots and, and create the magic that we created as a team like right. it was just like at that time we were all coming up in hip-hop and building dreams and so mm -hmm. uh, I, my team definitely like we all believed in something greater than us so it was right. like Shout out to Cola, shout out to Kenya, shout out to um, Jay Love, shout out to Tony Shellman, shout out to, you know, um, I could go on and on, but Debbie. Yeah, you can give them their flowers too. You know what I mean? Debbie Ebanks and, um, you know, um, Dwayne. And, and, and there were so many people that worked with me in different points of my career. So if I'm not shouting you right now, don't think it's not because yeah, I don't yeah. appreciate you. It's just, it's been a journey, but. I do recognize that this isn't a me, it was a we. And okay. I'm so thankful for all of you, you know? Yes. So, um, so yeah, talking about Mike Tyson, yeah. I went to, when he first came home in the 90s, mm -hmm. 
I went to see the fight. I wanted to see that fight. And while I was down there, I was hanging with, I was making clothes with, um, I was, I was styling naughty by nature. Okay. So I was down there and I actually went down to that fight with Tracy Waples, um, Trey Watt, who was also doing A&R and a lot of amazing things. Okay. And so Tracy and me hung out one night and we, and they were going to the fight. It was Latifah, um, Naughty, Shaquem, and, and after the fight, I think it was after the fight. Anyway, there was a barbecue that took place in a party at Mike's house. And we okay. were invited to this, to this. And so, of course, I was like, I'm going to go. Right. And while we were there in the backyard, we saw Jacqueline Rowe, who was his sister. And Jackie was like from Brooklyn. Now, me and Jackie grew up together, and I've known Jackie forever. And she was like, come over here. I want you to meet Mike. And I go over and I meet him. And I I was, you know, like, I was taken aback just because to me, Mike Tyson is still like Brooklyn's finest, but he's yes. a champion to the world. Right. Right. And so, um, and he represented hip hop. Yeah. So in a, in a, in a, a major way. way, in a big way, you know, yeah. for my period, it was the blueprint was, it was just like, wow. And he said, I know who you are. Like, because while he was away, um, Tupac and Naughty, and he said several people came up and were talking about me to him. And he was reading the magazines and seeing stuff. That was super humbling, mm. super humbling. So when I went back to New York, I sent him a box of walk aware stuff okay yeah and and, and that's how it started you know planted that seed and he hit me like yo i'm you know basically i want to rap and so that started our our relationship and we started working together and um i don't know how the seed was planted but the conversation came up that you i want to wear your shorts you know in the ring so up until that point like when he did the weigh-in we had a banner at the weigh-in and like we mm. were just guerrilla marketing in any way we could just getting stuff in and he wore walker wear um briefs to the to the um we had a reflective color on the thing like it was crazy like it was just a dream come true for me and to see him walk in that ring like we did a lot of work to get that like we were flying back in la because he always wore a towel mike always right. wore always a yeah. towel. so we yeah. knew that. we were like we're gonna put the the ww double xl athletics on it and let him rock into that because that was big it wasn't yeah. the ww you know what i mean so yeah it was dope when he walked in it was a surreal moment and i took my father to that to that fight so i just remember like he didn't say anything but i know he had to feel like like i felt like and i was like wow you know it was a wild exactly. moment for me. but then what was nice is to see through the years everyone i know and a lot of people that i really respect say yo i felt like when you when he walked in that ring i felt like we made it because we're from brooklyn you know yeah. so it was like brooklyn is on that stage you know and that's really it meant a lot to a lot of people i remember milk telling me that and god telling me that and so many people and it just was like wow you don't know the impact but then like brooklyn is a different place you know what well, i mean Oh. I'm, I'm I'm learning. I just moved here, so I I I definitely feel the magic of Medina. So, 
you know, uh, the, the, you know, the love and the reverence you speak about Brooklyn, you know, I want to speak about the influence of Clinton Hill and what it did to you, but also what did Clinton Hill gave to the world? Mm, okay. Chip, I got a shout out, uh, Fruit Snickens. Um, yeah, Chip Food. Peace yeah. Yes. And Prance and everybody. And Prance I see all God of you guys. And, and Michelle Morgan, BWP Days. I styled them. Like, and oh, we wow. still like four flats. So love you guys. Um, Brooklyn, what did Clinton Hill give who? The world? Yeah, well, well, what did it do to you? But also, what did Clinton Hill give to the world? Clinton you, Hill you, was the breeding ground for creativity. Yes. I think when you think of the rose that grew from the concrete, that's yes. my real name, you know? Um, so it's like um, flowers were born. Flowers were born in Clinton Hill. A lot of flowers, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. I think you know everybody from Guru to Premier lived there, and and Rosie, and you know a lot of people that you don't know their names, but they were just you know whether it was Rhonda Cowan and um, you know Taryn Mitchell and people that basically were the ones doing the work like this for Def Jam. Mm. They would. Know what I mean? Um, pulling the strings. Pulling the strings that made everything look easy. Like the creative minds, the creative energy, a lot of that came from Brooklyn, from Clinton Hill. And it was amazing that time. Like it was just amazing. Let's talk about Biggie Smalls, you know, that yeah, little let's, round. Let's take it there, yes. Clinton Hill. Like, so it was just like, it was very humbling because no one had really an ego at all. It was just really about the work and it was about figuring it out and working together and respecting each other. A lot of that little Kim, Foxy mm. Brown, you know, like Anton Merchant, like a lot of dope people came out of Clinton Hill that still to this day, I can see them in a coffee shop. Dream Hampton, you know, a lot of people. Yeah, something definitely special in the water. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to touch on this because I know you're probably, you know, uh, a little bit exhausted of this. But um, let's talk about the blatant swagger jack of your design um, by a certain gentleman. Um, what was your initial reaction? Okay, so when it first came to me and it came to me at the... Um, I got a DM from Carlos, classic yeah. material shop. Carlos. Yeah, I was just and with him last week. Him and his him and his wife. <laughs> we was all yeah. the all together, yes. Okay, so he basically sent me a a ad that Saks was doing with these these jackets, these WW jackets, and the jackets look just like uh <laughs> Just like my WW, you just talked about Mike in the ring. So it was yeah, pretty exactly. much. And so he was confused because he said at first he thought it was an ad for me, you know, mm -hmm. and then he looked and read it. So he sent it to me. And at first, I know like there's a lot. So nothing, they say in design, nothing new is nothing true. Nothing true is nothing new. And there's so many saints. And to a degree, 
we're all inspired by something else. Like no matter if you know it or not, your inspiration is coming from somewhere, you know? Right. Um, but there's a difference between inspiration, appreciation, and appropriation and creative theft. Hmm. And so, um, yeah, I sat with it. I was kind of shocked and I was kind of like hesitant. And then I started getting more and more hits on people asking me to make the jacket or where they could buy the jacket, thinking it was my jacket. Thinking it was you. And then um, a lot more confusion. So someone said, uh, someone I really respect that is a stylist that is like one of my mentees hit me and, and she DM'd me. I was already going to respond because I felt the need to at least address it indeed but she was like please say something like you have to say something we're all looking to you and i just felt as a black woman as a brown woman as a creative that i had to stand up it, it's been happening a lot yeah to creative especially to people of color yeah and we just we i'm tired like and i i'd seen it over and over and over happen and then so two things right i I think that is it bigger than just me. This is bigger than just me. It was disrespectful to the culture. Right. That you know, that's it. Like hip hop, it was very disrespectful to the culture, and it was a a, a, a supreme arrogant move. And yeah. then to take it further for you to know and still have disregard, you don't leave me any choice. You know. So that that in a nutshell. I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do. And that's standing on my own two feet and fighting back and letting him know. I'm also fighting because if we just lay down, it's gonna become the norm. It's almost the norm now. So we must take a stand as creatives to, to fight for our art because exactly. we create what's in our heart. And if we don't take a stand, what's gonna happen is these drive-bys will become, you make the art for big people to steal and make money off of it. And that's that's really how it's always kind of existed. But with the social media, it's just going to become like... Yeah, it's like it's going to be it's, like... That's, don't, don't even bother to try to have a business because if you're really dope, you're going to keep getting jacked. And so we have to take a stand and work towards creating a different system and policies that change the game. So I'm hoping that this will do that. Like this case could be precedence for creatives, period. Okay, can I ask you this? You know, with the fighting and everything, has there anybody from the opposing side tried to silence you? Has the opposing side what? Has the opposing side tried to silence you in any form or fashion? Reached out to me? Yeah, like reach out, like try yeah. to silence you. Um on the opposing side. So I can't really too much talk about the case, but what I can say is there's been conversations and we are in the middle of a legal battle. So that's why I can't really talk about it. Okay, well, how do you feel about the support since, you know, the it came out? How do you feel about the support from your tribe, your actual community, or even, you know, the people you, you know, came up with in style, you know, you, you literally, are woven in the fabric of hip hop. So you would feel there should be a bigger response to your cause, correct? Uh-huh. I think that um, 
the response okay so two things i think as the only thing worse than racism in this country is sexism period Period. So that if i was a man i think we would have heard more about an outcry and that's debatable but this is what i believe as a woman because i've been living as a woman my whole life so i know the difference Indeed. you know um, um so but you know i made that decision when i decided to stand up against the odds like to just stand up regardless you know because that's what i do um so <clears throat> it's about respect and it's about fighting something fighting for something that's bigger than yourself and that is culture and it is changing the fashion laws so that creatives can um can create and own what they create and if you want to collaborate that's different but respect mine you know and that's really what it's about. um exactly. so so yeah i think that 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 in that way it's been different like if i think about dapper dan and some of the others like i think there was more noise and drive but you know i'm not surprised i'm not surprised on the other hand i haven't had much um support at all from the fashion industry mm. because the fashion industry is a very elitist industry and it's built pretty much on who's the most popular in advertising dollars at that moment right you know so i knew that too um or who's the hype you know and so it's is is it is what it is it is what it is you know and i'm not tripping on any of that what i can say that really full circle i was talking to my dad about this it's funny how life is full circle because who has shown up for me and who has been here for me mm -hmm. is Mm. hip-hop and that's what i started on hip-hop has been calling me hip-hop has been like yo let me put you on a show so from sway show to um drink champs to drink you, to, you know so many people that have reached out i'm so like premiere hit me like so many people have hit me you know that's endearing because it, it just is like yo we're in this for the love and it's 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 beautiful to see that there are people that are still like real ones well i mean i mean you know we love you april simple and plain if you, if you know you want me to put it short you know what i'm saying love you know too. we we truly love you you know anytime you know whenever you came to the dc area and whether it was assistance for something or yo i'm in the area come through support you know i mean to have a fashion icon a legend tell you that they're in town and come and hang out or come do some work like that's that was even, you know, more than enough of a blessing. But, you know, for you to include me in the <laughs> in the same sentences as, you know, a sway and a trade chance where I still feel I'm trying to build my way to, you know, I I, I even thank you for that honor. Oh, you 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 know what? We have to support our tribe. And you know, I'm at the point right now, and this is for everybody else listening to that i said yes to you a while ago yeah words i don't know i did say that a while ago so i'm not doing any more interviews if i can help it unless it's about this virgil thing in a big way because i have to go underground now because i'm getting ready to get in the lab and get my creative on i have some things to do for 2022 yeah. it's gonna yeah. be super but i gotta get quiet for a minute to do that so if I said no, it's not because of anything besides trying to stay focused and 
and do and share my gifts the way I should be. You know what I mean? Truly. Um, We've been doing the knowledge to your brand and right. the rebrand re of Walkaware. And I've noticed it's been focusing more on the women's side of things, where right. before we know it's been, you know, strictly for the men. So was this done on purpose or you felt it was, you know, time or was long overdue? So at the end of, before I shelf Walkaware, before I was doing men's and women's, mm -hmm. but I just started really doing the women's. And this time it's because if you know we talk about energy feeding energy, it's the time of the woman in the yes, world. It is. True you indeed. know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. celebrate that because it's long overdue. That's why I say the future been female, because we've been on the map, but now the world is acknowledging us and I'm grateful for that. But we knew who we were and what we did, you know what I mean? So the world is catching up. So I'm going to make sure I can't have like all men stuff because it's culture. So I'm really right. trying to look into it, you know, and that's why a lot of the items are uni unisex now because the world is leaning in that very gender fluid. Uh, and honestly, from an economical standpoint, it's easier for me to make unisex goods where you could buy it or a woman could buy it if it's the right fit for both you know so i really mm -hmm. try to work on specs where, where possible and where not you'll see men's and then you'll see women's but yes i mean culture is culture and that's not about gender it's about who loves it facts all right so i, I i'm gonna i'm gonna quote you okay mm -hmm. sometimes riding the best waves come from weathering a few storms you know, what I get from this quote is that, you know, the few storms you weather ended up creating a new line, you know, a wave in fashion for the world to experience. So, you know, with that being said, I want you to talk about Walker Gems, get your ass off the couch. Mm -hmm. And what, what inspired you to become an author? So I've been blessed to live this life and up to now have such an interesting journey that I don't take for granted at all. And yeah. I have had some trials, some tribulations, and I've also had some success and some wins. And I found working with a lot of other people, listening to them with their dreams and just a lot of like tribe members, entrepreneurs, creators, and, uh, and just people, human beings. I think the biggest thing that stops us is here and here. Right. And I think right. that it, it comes from being paralyzed by fear. Mm. And a lot of being paralyzed from fear comes from negative chatter a lot mm. of negative chatter comes from either the tribe that you've surrounded yourself by um around the the trauma that you've experienced in life or just um experience sometimes life can get in the way of us yes and we could believe the past i just think that we need to believe in the future more than we believe in our past and if we do that win a plus you know but Indeed. that book was also i believe we're all here for a reason and i know all the stuff that happened to me and it's a lot i'm getting ready to to write my memoir i'm starting mm. on it now all right um 
it hasn't been in vain. And so God has used me and I know this and I'm blessed, but I have to pass on blessings. So Walker Gems is just passing on blessings. And it's really to say, if I can do it, you can do it too. I'm not giving you a my way or the highway book, but look, this is what I did. This is how it's working for me here. A few gems. I'm giving you some absolutes. Like here's some automated systems you could set up. Here's some things you could do um, and, and, and push through it. Like we're all going to experience storms. Like that's, that's, no one said it would be easy. If it was, right. you wouldn't respect it and you wouldn't want it. So it's like, we all have to go through things but we can grow through things instead of just going through things, exactly. right? Yes. And if you go through it and grow through it, then you come out on the other side. And when you come out on the other side, you're experienced and you're the veteran, and then you can pass on the gems. And that's what we're supposed to do. We're not supposed to hoard. You yeah. know, we're supposed to shit. And that's the yeah. bottom line. Pay, that book Earn gems, like period. Yeah. Like let's go. No excuses. I'm not extraordinary. I'm just willing to do a little extra. And most people just will do the ordinary. And extra ordinary is extraordinary. extraordinary. So let's go, people. You all have that in you. I'm not letting you off the hook. Man, I love it. So uh, you know, with that being said, because you know, I want to build on your virtual mentorship in the educational mm -hmm. workshops by way of walker gems can you talk about yellow brick learning and the 10 scholarships yes. you have already awarded so far yes so that is part of streetwear essentials which is parsons and complex and yellow brick um which is an online learning platform and so myself and some other veterans in fashion all band together to basically what you just said share our gems and our experience and lend that to the fashion industry and the next generation of fashion icons to come and people that are going to make these amazing designs and, and plant their seeds mm. so i wanted to award people that really wanted it but might not be able to afford it or award people that really had that passion but for whatever reason you know needed it so um that's where those 10 scholarships came in. And I worked with Parsons and, and, and Yellow Brick on that and Complex. And they were um, really gracious and working with me on that. So um, I'm also teaching. I teach with Milk from Audio 2. Audio Milk. 2, yes. Shout out to Milk. We'll teach something called BYOB, which is be your own brand and build your own brand. And I do that. I've been teaching now as a disruptor and with Department of Education at different schools in New York okay. for about 10 years. In the last four or five, I've been teaching at Global Finance and I teach this course that is really about owning your own magic and understanding that we're all brands, whether we yes. know it or not, we are. And so um, we use the canvas of fashion and music to inspire them but it really is just tapping into the kids and letting them know you're the bomb don't let anybody tell you different anything you create you can imagine you could be any and everything you want to be and if nobody else sees it you see it you know see that's just that's like in the nation the babies are the greatest that's what we say it's always about the baby so you know paying it forward you know with your gems and you know your time and mentorship you know it can only you know create yeah. a better future Yep. And my well, newest um, ventures I'm at NY.
And why you? Okay. If my students right out to you. Um, I teach something at Clive Davis Music Institute called the Sound of Fashion. Okay. And it's about music and fashion and that intersection and then mm. all the ancillary branches that entrepreneurial branches that 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 are possible. Wow. I'm 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 gonna see if I can if it's possible, maybe I can sit in on your class one day if that's okay. You know, they're acting a little crazy because of COVID, but Yeah, I know because of we'll, COVID. We'll see we'll see if it gets back. Indeed. Okay. Um, it seems through every interview, you know, whether visual or written, you know, the influence of your father and what he's meant to your, you know, and what he's meant to your career. Can you, I mean, I, I understand, you know, he started you at the age of 10, you know, with starting with the, with the shirt selling of the t-shirts. So, you know, going into now is he still that, you know, one driving force, you know, in your career? He is one of my driving forces. He mm -hmm. always will. My father is like my best friend. So we did a photo shoot last night. Oh, Shout wow. out to Anthony, you know, Papa Jack. We did a photo shoot, me and him, and we haven't done one in years. So I didn't know I was going to be in it. So it was impromptu for me. But he, he did a, his first professional shoot. I didn't know that either. But <laughs> um, yeah, so like me and dad are tight. We had dinner last night. We stayed up and watched Dave Chappelle together. And okay. it was funny as hell <laughs> you know that was my second time in it but okay um yeah that is just everything he inspires me because he's still friday night i was trying to have dinner with him and he was like i'm in the studio what's mm. too late to call you you know and my father is in his 70s so that's living the dream literally mm. if i could just have that passion yes that's living the dream that's all mm. i want to do do what you love and feel like you're 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 doing what you were born to do. Well, it's obviously your your reflection. So, um, you know, kudos to him and more kudos to you. Uh, I just wanted to thank you for joining us on this Sunday night. You know, I I know you could have been anywhere. You know, I know we talked about this literally, you know, over a year ago, but uh, the universe has its timing, and um, absolutely. Yes, and I'm super thankful, you know, that you, you know, you got to sit down with me and chop it up. And I really wanted to dig in some more for myself, you know, even though I know, you know, I, you're my sister. I don't like to say friends, like you're my sister, you know what I'm saying? So uh, I, I just wanted to have this conversation with you and, you know, much more success. I'm going to continue to, you know, support any way I can. You know, now that I'm here, you know what I'm saying? I'm in the same borough. <laughs> it shouldn't be That's no right. excuse. Yeah, right. Sure but, uh, if you, I'm if glad you want, happen. Yeah, I'm glad. I am too. If there's uh anything you got going on, or you want to tell the people what you got going on, because I know you said you're shutting down for 2021, and you about to bang out for 2022. You know, let them know how they can get in touch with you, support. You know how they can get the book. You know how they okay. can get down with mentorship, whatever you got. Okay. So the audio book is finally dropping soon. It will be out before Christmas. Everyone should get the audio book. It's a lot of fun for Walker Gems. Get your ass off the couch. I believe in books still, so everyone should have a physical copy. My father actually drew the cover, um, the original concept for the cover. He didn't actually draw the finished one, but that whole cover is him. Um, if we think about 
November, I have a pop-up that's going to be really strong that talks about creative looting coming November 20th and 21st in Brooklyn. And then in December, Bed-Stuy Fly, I'm going to have a pop-up for the holidays with Bed-Stuy Fly. Shout out to Steve. And then um, the, the November drop and the December drop, yeah. November is all black everything. And it's going to be super dope. And the uh, December drop is very nostalgic. And a lot of you have been asking me over and over for this drop. So I'm finally dropping it. And you don't want to miss this story. And next year, we, we got some heat coming to you. So stay tuned. Go and buy something at walkaware.com. That's what I say. Dollars mean commitment. So show me how committed you are by spending some money with a black brown business. And let's keep it going. Legacies matter, especially ours. Facts, facts. Well, you know, you said it best again, Queen. Thank you. And thank that's you it. So that's much. it. I have to say that. And the last thing is I have to say thank you to, to my tribe. Thank you to all of you. Um, I don't take you for granted. I appreciate you. And I know that I am nothing without my tribe. So it's called lateral cooperation that creates vertical movement. I Amen. appreciate you all. Indeed. Again, Queen, you have a great evening. Thanks again. And, um, all right, y'all. That's that's episode number nine in the books. The fashion icon and cultural creator, April Walker, my dear sister. Um, yo, thank y'all for tuning in this season, man, uh, where we focus on people behind the MC. And of course, you just seen we just had the fashion icon, Miss April Walker, who, you know, donned so many, you know, so many legends have donned her her clothing from B.I.G. to Tupac, you know, the heavyweight champ, Mike Tyson, so on and so forth. Uh, please stay tuned for uh, our season finale. It's going to be a special one. Um, again, you know, we're on podcast on Vivo, we're on Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud, and Audio Mac. You know what I'm saying? Thank you to our sponsors, Grown Fresh NYC. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so what's the scenario? Street Fatigues and house the customs md and uh again uh we'll see you until the next one be safe with each other continue to wear your mask practice social distancing you know that's just me I never dream my first name with fiends dated five bank tellers the book of my life reads water fountain no now the money fountain close drink about a window pre-mecca malcolm on Honda silver potholes, no pop the pissing. Rich or poor, depending if they got your pops in prison. Early morning samples, naked, chop it up. Uncut or